Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Uh, or we just uh, almost almost tipped into the afternoon. Um, so I wanted to talk to you today about um, Brexit and what's happening and what isn't happening. And um, I'm going to call it the ultimate betrayal. And the thing is, it isn't new. It hasn't started just now. This has been going on for decades and I'm going to show you how they're getting, they're getting away with um, us not leaving. First, how they got us into the EU, we're against the will of the British people. Um, and then I'm going to show you how they're continuing to keep us in there. Um, and hopefully you guys will be able to support um, action with regards to getting it stopped. Now, I also need to let you know that the video I did yesterday or the day before on Trump um, actually got me um, stricken from YouTube for seven days. So I would really appreciate your help in liking and sharing this. Um, also over on Twitter, they are refusing to show people um, that I'm live. Um, so there's one person joining me on Periscope, but there's, there's usually a hell of a lot more. Um, so my reach has been throttled. And if you care about um, democracy, especially in light of what's going on in the US elections right now, I'm gonna show you how that sparked uh, the understanding for how we, the British people, have been cheated on Brexit. We've been cheated on Brexit. Now, I just want you all to know that I voted to remain. However, I 100% believe in the democracy and I have been fighting since you, the people, voted to leave. I have been fighting to try and make sure that happens. Okay, so just to preempt all of the crap that I know is going to come my way, like I voted remain grateful a hell of a lot of you voted Brexit with what I know now um, but I've always believed in democracy and you everybody who voted Brexit you are being cheated you are being cheated it will not happen and um, this is my prediction unless something changes is there will be no Brexit um, and in order to understand why I'm saying that we have to go back to understand how we got taken in and why we got taken in um, against the British people so first things first, um, also um, had a little bit of a Twitter fight this morning with some idiot. Uh, I want you to know, uh, for those of you who joined me for the first time, I helped get two MPs elected in the 2015 election, um, two Conservative MPs. One of those was in an area um, in a Labour stronghold. It's always been Labour, Labour Council and Labour MP. And throughout the run up to the election, I was saying to GCHQ, who were also involved in making all the crap up with regards to the Russian Russian dossier over in um, America, um, I was telling them, Lucy's going to get elected. You need to stop her because she is not a good person. And I never understood. I never understood until today their how, why they were so adamant, why they had 100% confidence she was not going to get elected. I never understood it, um, but they had 100% confidence she would not be elected. And I'm going to show you why, why that's the case. So the reason why it's important that you understand that is I was at the count in 2015 and what I witnessed was um, so this is Labour area. Labour councillors, council members um, are the same people. People who are employed by the Labour council are also paid to 
um, do the counts. Okay, so they allow somebody to go in and they allow me as the campaign manager to pay attention to what's going on and stop um, and intervene if if Labour votes, uh, well, if Conservative votes randomly end up in Labour piles, which happened multiple times through the night. Now, there are very, very, there's, there's loads and loads of different counts happen, accounting stations at exactly the same time. There's no way one campaign manager can be doing it all. The majority of the people who were at the count were just not paying attention to anything at all. Um, and late, Lucy only won by a really small margin, only 700 votes. Okay, So if I hadn't have been so vigilant, I am telling you now, she would not have won. She would not have won. The amount of conversations, arguments um, I had where they were spoiling conservative ballots, where I was spotting conservative ballots going into Labour piles. Um, so I want you to know that even in the UK, where we don't have an electronic system, they rig the vote. OK, also, um, postal votes. And we'll talk about postal votes in a minute. Like you think we don't have a postal vote problem. We have a huge postal vote problem in the UK. Huge postal vote problem. Um, now, postal votes is you can go and see them open. But you don't see them counted. You don't see them counted. They don't count them in front of you the same as they do at the count. Um, and again, um, that never kind of really stuck into my mind until now because obviously the the result I wanted transpired so the result I wanted transpired so why would I care um, or why would I think about the postal votes okay but I want you to know I know what I'm talking about from being in the room being genuinely being in the room uh, okay so first things first you need to understand that everything parliament's doing right now um, and has been doing for decades. And the fact that we actually went into the U EU was the first act of treason against the British people in, in modern times. I mean, they do it a lot. They do it a lot to us. Um, but, but going into the EU was the first act of treason. And ever since then, they have already been acting as a tyrannical treasonous government against the British people. Um, so I've got um, as usual there's a pdf document uploaded for you um, and get the link from the google drive but i've got all the tabs open on the screen so hopefully i can whiz the through these things uh really really quickly um so just for those of you who don't know i was a campaign manager so i was I went through mock counts. I was trained to count and I was told you need to watch out for these things. Okay, now I genuinely thought it was ludicrous because I thought we lived in a democracy. We don't. We don't live in a democracy. It's all a lie. So first things first, and um, this is the, um, now we don't know in the UK, and this kind of really struck me the other day, is that we don't get told that we actually have a British constitution. So in America, you know, you guys have yours um, and it's out and it's a piece of pride. In the UK, they don't talk about it. I was not aware we had one. I knew about Magna Carta a little bit from school, um, but that was such a long time ago. Um, we are led to believe that it's not relevant to today. Now, just ignore the swirlies. It's because I've got a pop-up blocker, so it stresses them out. So the British constitution is... 
Um, so a constitution is a set of laws on how a country is governed. The British constitution is, un is unwritten in one single document, unlike the constitution in America or the proposed European constitution, and is such is referred to as an uncodified constitution in the sense that there is no single document that could be classed as Britain's constitution. So that sounds really confusing, but basically what it means is that we have a few documents and we have um, precedents set in law, not legislation, in law, um, that uh, we draw upon to be our basis of governance. So every time something happens in law and a law is changed based on a criminal act or a criminal offence, they then um, pile on to our constitution so that we're ever moulding it and modifying it. Um, but the British Constitution can be found in a variety of documents and supporters of our Constitution believe that the current way allows for flexibility and change to occur without too many problems. Um, so the, there is already a fight to get a codified and written Constitution in the UK because and we already know we're getting screwed over and we're screwed over. Um, so the main sources of our Constitution that still stands today is the Magna Carta of 1215, the Act of Settlement of 1701, and then laws and customs of Parliament um, and case law. So that's every time there's a, a law. Um, and then constitutional experts will kind of go into it, okay? So the rule of law and the supremacy of Parliament are important, but I just want you guys to, to be truly aware um, that we do have a constitution which underpins all of our laws in the UK. The stuff that Parliament has been passing as legislation, um, bad, 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 naughty, naughty, naughty. Okay, um, so this is the important part on the second one. Um, so if we have, oh, I've scrolled down, sorry. Okay, so the, the supremacy of Parliament, and this leads into what's going on in the withdrawal agreement. So the supremacy of Parliament stemmed from the English Civil War and has expanded ever since and is a dominant theme in British politics. Those MPs who represent the public via representative democracy have been handed the power to assess, pass or reject legislation. OK, so the so we the people give Parliament our powers to govern us by assessing, passing or rejecting legislation. In every sense, the supremacy of Parliament is the backbone of British politics and is only possible, only possibly threatened by as aspects of the European Commission and other EU institutions. So we, the people, created our constitution. We gave our authority to Parliament to govern us and the EU has the power with the things that they've done and the government has allowed them to do to actually overwrite the things that we the people have won. And we see this all the time in the UK and it's what pushed people to get out and vote. We see like we try to get rid of um, extremists and they go to the European Court of Human Rights and we get we get overturned like all the time. Our our rights um, has always been has been eroded the debt ever since we joined the EU. Um, so the only thing that um, 
stops Parliament from going too far is the fact that they get voted out every five years. Now, just be mindful, the Coronavirus 2020 Act has stopped all elections stopped all elections. So while they are enforcing the Coronavirus 2020 Act, we have no opportunity to reject Parliament and repeal Parliament. Now, I also want you to know there have been multiple attempts to get something called a full repeal through, which means you can get rid of your MP if they're bad or get rid of your, your councillors if you find out they're dodgy. Um, it Obviously, it keeps getting rejected by Parliament, but people keep trying to um, get a full repeal out. So right now, we are locked. Um, you know, this is the one thing that people really don't understand. We are locked into the tyrannical government we have right now through the Coronavirus Act. Like, we, we, we can't get rid of them and uh, because they will just keep going to Parliament. This is why they keep voting for it in. Like, everybody's like, I don't understand why they keep voting for it. They keep voting for it because they want to hold on to their seats and they want to hold on to their seats until next year. And I'm going to show with you why next year is important. But this is, this is why you will never get our MPs to repeal the Coronavirus Act. They will never get it to repeal the Coronavirus Act because they don't want to lose their seat. So even before we went into e, uh, the EU, um, we had we did have some good. We, we still have some good MPs now. So we had thirty eight MPs who voted to repeal it because they care more about the people than they do the public. But four hundred and something or other, um, whatever the other number is, said no. They, they're going to keep it in. Okay, so it just shows you the level of corruption by those numbers. Um, so what I'm going to read out is, is a letter from Lord Kilmer to Edward Heath. Um, and this was sent to Edward Heath. So he was the PM, Prime Minister at the time, um, also known as Ted Heath, stating why he said that we should not, should not go and join the EU. Okay, so he talks about it. Um, and this is where we find out for the first time um, that... Parliament has acted treasonously. Um, so again, I'm going to read it out because obviously you guys can't read it uh, easily on the screen and also uh, the podcasters. So bear with me. Dear Ted, you wrote to me on the 30th of November 1960 about the constitutional implications of our becoming a party to the Treaty of Rome. I have now had an opportunity of considering what you say in your letter and have studied the memoranda you sent me. I agree with you that there are important constitutional issues involved. I have no doubt that if we sign the treaty, we shall suffer some loss of sovereignty. But before attempting to define or evaluate the loss, I wish to make one general observation. At the end of the day, the issue whether or not to join the European Economic Community must be decided on broad political grounds. And if it appears from what follows in this letter that I find the constitutional objections serious, that does not mean that I consider them conclusive. I do, however, think it is important that we should appreciate clearly from the outset exactly what, from the constitutional point of view, is involved if we sign the treaty. And it is with that consideration in mind that I have addressed myself to the questions you have raised. He is clear that if we do sign the agreement with the EEC, we will suffer some loss of sovereignty. 
This is clearly an act of treason because our constitution allows no surrender of any part of our constitution to a foreign power beyond the control of the Queen in Parliament. This is evidenced by the convention which says, Parliament may do many things, but what it may not do is surrender any of its rights to govern unless we have been defeated in war. And the ruling given to King Edward III in 1366, in which he was told that King John's action in surrendering England to the Pope and ruling England as a vassal king to Rome was illegal because England did not belong to John. He only held it in trust for those who followed on. The money the Pope was demanding as tribute was not to be paid because England's kings were not vassal kings to the Pope and the money was not owed. Adherence to the Treaty of Rome would, in my opinion, affect our sovereignty in three ways. Parliament would be required to surrender some of its functions to the origin of the community. Answer as above. The Crown would be called on to transfer part of its treaty-making power to those organs of the community. The Constitution confers treaty-making powers only on the Sovereign and sovereign and the Sovereign cannot transfer those powers to a foreign power or even our own Parliament because they are not the, not the incumbent Sovereigns to give away as they only hold those powers in trust for those who follow on. Our courts of law would sacrifice some degree of independence by becoming subordinate in certain respects to the European Court of Justice. It is a premier to allow any case to be taken to a foreign court not under the control of the sovereign. The European Court Justice or the European Court of Human Rights are foreign courts, not under the control of our sovereign. Priemnure is a crime akin to treason. The position of Parliament. It is clear that the memorandum prepared by your legal advisers that the Council of could eventually, after the system of qualified majority voting had come into force, make regulations which would be binding on us even against our wishes and which would in fact become for us part of the law of the land. There are two ways in which this requirement of the treaty could in practice be implemented. It is a premier to allow any laws or regulations not made by the Sovereign in Parliament to take effect as law in England. This is illegal under the Acts of Treason 1351, the Act of Premier 1392, the Act of Supremacy 1559 and the Declaration and Bill of Rights 1688 to 1689. Parliament could legislate ad hoc on each occasion that the Council make regulations requiring action by us. The difficulty would be that since Parliament can bind neither itself nor its successors, we can only comply with our obligations under the treaty if Parliament abandon its rights of passing independent judgment on the legislative proposals put before it. A parallel is the Constitutional Convention whereby Parliament passes British North American bills without question at the request of the Parliament of Canada. In this respect, Parliament here has substance, if not in form, 
abdicated its sovereign position and it would have pro tanto to do the same for the community. No such power exists for Parliament to do this. This would be an act of treason under the 1351 Treason Act, a preemnure under the 1392 Act of Preemnure, an act of treason under the 1559 Act of Supremacy, and the 1688-1689 Declaration and Bill of Rights. It would in theory be possible for Parliament to enact at the outset legislation which would give automatic force of law to any existing or future regulations made by the appropriate organs of the community. For Parliament to do this would go far beyond the most extensive delegation of powers even in wartime that we have never experienced and I do not think there is any likelihood of this being acceptable to the House of Commons. Whichever course were adopted, Parliament would retain, in theory, the liberty to repeal the relevant Act or Acts, but I would agree with you we must act on the assumption that entry into the community would be er irrevocable. We should therefore, to accept a position where Parliament had no more power to repeal us own enactments than it has in practice to abrogate the statue of Westminster. In short, Parliament would have to transfer to the Council or other appropriate organ of the community. It's substantive powers of legislating over the whole of a very important field. There is no constitutionally acceptable method of doing this because it would be tantamount to a total abrogation of their duty to govern us according to our laws and customs. And it would be an act of treason under the 1351 Treason Act. A premier under the 1392 Act of Premier and treason under the 1559 Act of Supremacy and the Declaration of Bill of Rights, 1688 and 1689. Treaty making powers. The proposition that every treaty entered into by the United Kingdom does to some extent fetter our freedom of action is plainly true. Some treaties such as the GATT and OEEC restrict sev severely our liberty to make agreements with third parties and I should not regard it as detrimental to our sovereign that by signing the Treaty of Rome we undertook not to make tariff or trade agreements without the council's approval but to transfer to the council or the commission the power to make such treaties on our behalf and even against our will is an entirely different proposition. There seems to me to be a clear distinction between the exercise of sovereignty involved in the conscious acceptance by us of obligations under treaty-making powers and the total or partial surrender of sovereignty involved in our cessation of these powers to some other body. To confer a sovereign state's treaty-making powers on an international organisation is the first step on the road which leads by way of confederation to a fully federal state. I do not suggest that what is involved would necessarily carry us very far in this direction, but it would be a most significant step and one for which there is no precedent in our case. Moreover, a further surrender of sovereignty of Parliament supremacy would be necessarily be involved. As you know, although the treaty-making power is vested in the Crown, parliamentary sanction is required for any treaty which involves a change in the law or the imposition of taxation to take two examples, and we cannot ratify such a treaty unless Parliament consents.
But if binding treaties are to be entered into on our behalf, Parliament must surrender this function and further resign itself to becoming a rubber stamp or give the community in effect the power to amend our domestic laws. This is a surrender of our sovereignty, a clear act of treason other, under the 1351 Treason Act and a prayer mur under the 1392 Act of Prayer mur. It is treason under the 1559 Act of Supremacy and the 1688-1689 Declaration and Bill of Rights. Independence of the courts. There is no precedent for our final appellate tribunal being required to refer questions of law, even in a limited field, to another court. And as I assume to be the implication of refer to accept the court's decision, you will remember that when a similar proposal was considered in connection with the Council of Europe, we felt strong objection to it. I have no doubt that the whole of the legal profession in this country would share my dislike for such a proposal, which must inevitably detract from the independence and authority of our courts. Of those three objections, the first two are by far the more important. I must emphasise that in my view, the surrenders of sovereignty involved are serious ones. And I think as a matter of practical politics, it will not be easy to persuade Parliament or the public to accept them. I am sure that it would be a great mistake to underestimate the force of objections to them. But these objections ought to be brought out into the open now, because if we attempt to gloss over them at this stage, those who are proposed to the whole idea of our joining the community will certainly seize on them with a more damaging effect later on. Having said this, I would emphasise once again that although those constitutional considerations must be given their their full weight when we come to balance the arguments on either side. I do not for one moment wish to convey the impression that they must necessarily tip the scale. In the long run, we shall decide whether the economic factors require us to make some sacrifices of sovereignty. My concern is to ensure that we would see exactly what it is that we are being called on to sacrifice and how serious our loss would be. Now it says there's a star here that says it is a prayer mule to her to subject Her Majesty's courts of law to the domination of a foreign court outside of Her Majesty's control. Okay so in a nutshell, what the hell did all of that mean? So even before we went into the EU, um, this Lord, um, I've forgotten his name, which is bad. So let me just check his name again, because that's rude. Uh, Lord Kilmer um, is clearly stating and drawing upon the British constitution to say, you can't do this. Doing this is an act of treason. Um, and there was a huge, huge um, amount of people who um, rose up and said, we will not do this, we will not accept this, you cannot do this. Um, and it was railroaded. And you might be thinking, yeah, but why was it railroaded? Like, if there was, the, the people were objecting, if doing it is an act of treason and everybody could, um, you know, back then, back then when we went into the EU, you could still be hung for treason. So this was changed in 1999 under um, our laws. Okay, so it was changed uh, in 19... Mm, hold on to that. Um, it was changed by Tony Blair, funnily enough. Um, you know, he was in power. Was he in power in 19... No, wait a minute. 
I can't remember. Uh, he changed a lot of things. Who was in power in 1999? Give me a second. I think it was Tony Blair. Because uh, he was in until 19... Oh. How do you find out? Which party was in power? Uh, yes. Yes, Tony Blair. I knew it was. Um, okay, and obviously we also know that he then took us into weapon of mass destruction law. You know, you, so you can't get done... This is how sneaky they are, okay? So they already knew they were going to be doing some seriously dodgy shit, um, that they changed the law in the UK that you can't get done for treason in 1999. You can't get hung for treason. Um, so they, they took us in, um, despite the fact that the UK didn't want to go in. Now, when we went in, we went in full force. And I do know that, you know, lover or hater or believe she's, just, I, you know, there will be stuff that comes out of all of the, the MPs and all of that stuff. But Maggie Thatcher did change a lot of stuff. She, she um, repealed lots of the things and actually gave us special powers inside the EU. We couldn't come out completely, but she gave us special powers. Tony Blair went and completely reversed all of that and gave the EU more power over the British people but we were already in we were already in um, so it was all kind of done hush hush through the back door okay and the only people who complain about it are the white the, the white supremacists and, and the right-wing extremists okay so it's been very difficult to complain about what's going on in the EU because you are seen as a nationalist well Okay, so who, and this is this is where things start to get really um, interesting. So who took us into the EU? Uh, well, that was um, good old Ted Heath, Edward Heath. And we've come across him before uh, in our paedophiles, um, you know, parliament legacy. So he stood down <laughs> as an MP in 2001. 27 years after being voted out of Downing Street. Um, so he lost the leadership to Margaret Thatcher in 1975. Um, so Sir Edward Heath is the one who took us into the EU. And that is how much you know that um, they hate they hated him. The people hated him for doing it is that they said, no, like you not even going to be leader of the Conservatives, like you need to get out and you need to get lost. OK, so I've heard on the grapevine um, through various things that he obviously he didn't want to take us in because taking us into the EU is it was political suicide. You could get hung for treason or the MPs who, who voted for it were, were facing. Um, had we been allowed the kind of access to information that we had now is all of them would have been up in the gallows like because we still use the gallows like that's it that's that's not only is it political suicide it was literally like signing your own death warrant it's saying yes we are going to hand over your people's sovereignty to the eu okay so how did the eu because remember the eu are, are the power mm. brussels is the Illuminati power base 
uh, the queen, for those of you who did watch yesterday's video the day before, uh, the queen, the crown, um, is the, the, one of the top, top, top lead, like, you know, they're German, okay? So let's not pretend that we aren't being ruled uh, by the cabal, that that's happening, okay? That's true. And she was been in power, technically, um, for a very, very, very long time. So she... Um, manipulated the whole thing so the eu have been manipulating the whole thing the illuminati and everybody joined together and it goes well back before them they're only 250 odd years old it goes well back before them uh, they needed us inside the eu because they needed the british people to give up their sovereignty because the uk so england the city of london is the money so so they need to just enslave us and steal all our money um and then obviously we're coming up to agenda 2021 is where they just you know sacrifice us all kill us all um that's the plan if you have a look at the agenda 21 uh, and 2021 sorry um okay so how did they get ted heath to sign his own death warrant well because he was a freaking paedophile like He's disgusting and he is truly disgusting. Um, and he was never, ever convicted. Multiple times um, people tried to get him convicted. Okay. Now, it was his death that enabled um, police to investigate. And that then sparked um, lots of the other paedophile um, investigations into. Um, members of parliament but again it's still getting suppressed okay so it's still being suppressed so the cabal did what they always do so mi6 and mi5 did what they always do is they worked to um blackmail ted heath by saying you right now rpm either you do this or we tell everyone you're a pedophile um there you go so that's why he took us in because he saved, he saved his own skin, and I bet, or I would like, I, if I was a betting person, um, it would be interesting to find out how many and who the other um, MPs were that voted for it, and about their scandalous pasts. Uh, but I'm not going to do that on this call because otherwise it's going to be too long. But that's the the reason why Ted Heath took us in is because he was he was blackmailed by the MI6, MI5, uh, the Illuminati, the Masons, the lot of them, okay, because they needed us in the EU. That's a fact. Now, so that's what happened. So since then, we've been trying to leave, okay? So since the erosion of our borders, since the, um, you know, what happens in our fishing waters that we're not even allowed to... Um, fish in our own waters we're not allowed to have control we're genuinely not allowed to have control over our own laws uh, we cannot get rid of terrorists we ca can't do anything um, and so quite rightly the people rose up and we're going to talk about that in a second but i just want to show you um, a video that came out yesterday um, because of what's going on in america um and then things are about to get interesting to why the Brexit vote um, is, was rigged. And again, I want you to know that I voted Remain, but the Brexit vote was rigged for Remain. The Brexit vote wasn't rigged for Brexit. The Brexit vote was rigged for Remain. Okay. 
So I'm going to let you listen to this um, and then I'm going to take you through what's been happening since Brexit and why we've only got 36 days to stop this. Um, if we do not come out in 36 days, it will be 100% game over for the British people. And we own the Commonwealth, okay? So it will not just be game over for the British people. If we can't come out, um, you'll find out why. Um, it will be Australia, New Zealand, Canada, like all of you guys are about to lose everything um, because of what those disgusting individuals have done. Yes, I will, Steve. <clears throat> the fact is, is that Hammer is a what we call a SIGINT, a signals intelligence program that the uh, NSA came up with years ago. The uh, CIA picked it up under the Obama administration. And I broke it in April, in March of 2017 about what they were doing on the Russian hoax. <clears throat> but the fact is, the Obama administration took this system and they put in an application in this SIGINT program called Scorecard. And Scorecard changes votes at a certain point in the voting stream. And if I can, and by the way... Uh, the Obama administration used it in the 2012 election in Florida. And so both Obama and Biden are very familiar with this. Now, I've got to make a quote okay. here. Yeah. And it's, it's important that we all understand it. It's by Joseph Stalin. I consider it completely unimportant who in the party will vote or how. But what is extraordinarily important is this. Who will count the vote? Now, Steve, we have a desperate Democratic Party that will do anything to bring the country to a totalitarian state and as far left as they want. They used it in the primaries, and uh, Bernie lost to Biden because they used it in the primaries. So it is ready to go. I just found out about this yesterday. Sydney yeah. has played a very important role in assisting me and, and Mary Fanning and Alan Jones and trying to get the word out so the American people know all this enthusiasm you're talking about yeah. in Pennsylvania gets changed very quickly with this software program that switches 3% of the votes. Okay, so that alerted me and reminded me about something uh, that I heard the other day about the Kentucky, uh, and this will make sense in a second. So, so in the Kentucky 2019, um, I don't know what they're called, like mini elections, primaries, sorry guys, I can't remember, over in America, um, is what they did is they, in order to set the machine up, so you have to know in advance how many people are you believe is coming to vote so that you can rig the system so that it turns the right number of votes so that it still looks like a small margin of error. Now, for those of you who are watching in the UK, yes, 100%, we do not have an electronic system. I understand that. However, this was used in 2012. The system will tell you how many votes you need to guarantee the outcome that you want based on the guesstimate. So based on the number of people you believe are going to vote, you then 
type that in and it will tell you you need a certain number of votes. So the reason why the American election is so, um, why they're having to bus over 130,000 postal votes from somewhere else in the UK is because more people turned out to vote than this machines and everything was predicted, okay? So, so they have, this is why Trump was winning by a landslide is because they guessed wrong. This is why Hillary won. Hillary did, sorry, they thought Hillary would win, but they guessed wrong. I'm going to show you that the only reason we actually got the Brexit vote is because they guessed wrong. So they have to estimate beforehand. So that's the really important thing. And you, the reason why, again, that video was important is because David Cameron was in charge of the Brexit vote. David Cameron and Obama were really, really good friends, which all, which, David Cameron also said he would never be the prime minister that took us out of the EU. So hold on to that. David Cameron um, said he would never take us out of the EU. He would offer us in a referendum, which is how he got everybody to vote for him and the Conservative Party. But if you've already said you would never take, you would never be the um, uh, prime minister responsible for taking us out of the EU, why the hell are you going to offer in a referendum when the UK wants to come out unless you know, unless you are guaranteeing that it's not going to happen? So how the hell do you guarantee it's not going to happen? And I'm going to prove to you why I believe uh, the Brexit referendum was rigged and they just lost, but they are also doing everything they can to make sure that we stay in. Oh, oh gosh, sorry guys, I'm pressing all the wrong buttons. Okay, so there were over 46 million eligible to vote in the Brexit referendum. Okay, because it was not just the UK, it was all over. And there was people kicking off um, in the UK because obviously um, people outside of the UK who are expats also got to vote. So that did stress everybody out. Uh, but that's a hell of a lot of people, 46 million. <clears throat> so how do the propaganda machines, bearing in mind, David Cameron doesn't want us to come out of the EU. The EU have already bribed MPs um, to commit treason to get us in there. They will do anything they can to get us to keep in. So what do they do? Um, is the Brexit parties, all of them, are complete shambles. So I am going to call out uh, Darren Grimes and say that he is probably controlled opposition. I am going to call out... Uh, So we already know Boris is dodgy. Um, so if you genuinely wanted to support the UK to come out of the out of the EU, why did why was there such a shambolic Brexit? Why were there multiple Brexit parties? So why would you do that? You would have one, regardless if you have if differing um, opinions. You would have one. The other way that you trick the people into um, voting remain and this is this is this is the propaganda I fell for propaganda I felt for is you you lie you make blatant lies to the public that are easily um, dismissible 
The biggest one and the most notable one being the 350 million NHS claims on a bus. Why? Why do you make an outlandish lie and tell the British people this is what we're going to do? Because people like me, who don't like the EU, don't like what they're doing, or who, are, who would vote to leave, are sat there going, well, that's not true. Like, that isn't true that that money would go there. Then you look at the other false claims, easily dismissible claims, and what you do instead is you go, well, you guys are lying. You've got no idea what you're doing. The things that you're saying are impossible. I don't trust you to be doing this. Um, so I voted Remain. Like, I voted Remain because they, the Brexit party was just nuts. And most of the stuff they were saying, just it was it was utter nonsense and all disprovable. So you, you create a, a huge lie um, and that knocks off people like myself who would go and do my, who went and looked. I genuinely went and followed the money to see whether it was physically possible that they could do what they say they were doing. I also... Um, know that the majority of the universities and research money and all, and the road like all of our roads and all of that money came from the EU <laughs> like um so for me the only reason I voted remain is because I genuinely believed we would be poorer economically um because I also believed that they would not allow us to leave without all the other crap right so they 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 prime people and trick people to to vote remain as well. How else do you rig an election? Well, you use postal votes. You use postal votes. So this is what you're seeing in um, the US right now is the postal votes. Now, this is from the BBC um, in 2014. So this will be probably uh, more true than the stuff that's happening right now, okay? Um, in the run-up to local government elections in England in May, there are fresh calls on demand postal voting to be scrapped. The government argues that voting by post encourages people to take part in elections, but critics say the system is vulnerable to fraud and is leading to organised ballot rigging that is skewed election results in some towns and cities. Take the example of Woking and Surrey with its leafy lanes, nice housing and good commuting for London. Returning officer Ray Morgan, who oversees elections for the borough, is a not a happy man. It's his job to check that elections in his town are running according to the rules, but he admits with remarkable candour that that hasn't been possible. Sadly, I don't think any of the elections that I have personally officiated over since 2006 have been totally fair and honest. None of them. In 2012, Mohammed Ali, a 35-year-old engineer, stood for the Labour Party in Woking but lost by a margin of just 16 votes to the Lib Dem candidate Mohammed Bashir. Mr Ali was suspicious, so he turned detective and set about finding out what had led to such a narrow defeat. In the two months before the election, he says, the population of the ward increased by more than 10%. We started checking them and we found a lot of them were ghosts. We'd knock on the door and ask, do you know Mr So-and-so? No, I don't. He discovered the ghost voters had been used to obtain postal ballot papers which were filled in illegally by activists in favour of his rival. Mr Ali took his findings to election court where the judge in the case, Richard McC Maury QC ruled there had been fraud and overturned the result leading to a by-election. 
The lawyer who represented Mr Bashir says his client denies any wrongdoing and argues that he shouldn't be held responsible for the corrupt practices of others. Um, so Mr Mori says the case is the latest example of how the availability of postal ballots has enabled the manufacturing of votes on an industrial scale. Postal voting on demand, however, many safeguards you build into it is wide open to fraud on a scale that will make election rigging a possibility and indeed in some areas a probability. Now, I know that there's a very strong political desire to keep the present system. What I'm saying is that if you keep the present system, then however many safeguards you create, fraud and serious fraud is inevitably going to continue because that is built into the system. The on-demand system allows anyone who's on the electoral register in England, Scotland or Wales to ask for a postal ballot rather than go to the polling station. No reason is required. Okay. Uh, here we go. So in Derby, a smartly turned out man in his 20s, he doesn't want to be identified, has direct experience of how this works. Campaigners came to the house and they asked my mum to vote for them. One of the people put the cross in the box for her and said, there you go. Now you just sign it and we take it off for you. The man said his mother gave in to stop the activists repeatedly coming to her door and that she cared more about making them go away in the end than who she voted for. Um... So earlier this year, a report by the Electoral Commission included Woking and Derby in a list of 16 areas at higher risk for electoral fraud. So in different parts of the country, there have been Conservatives, been Liberal Democrats, there have been Labour activists arrested and charged over postal vote fraud. So this is not a problem which affects only one political party. Now, I want you to hold on to that. Um, but I'm going to show you some really interesting statistics with regards to numbers of people who turned out in the EU uh, referendum. So this I've downloaded from the uh, Elector Electoral Commission. Um, so I'm going to go to Telford first because that's where I live um, and Telford is a postal vote area. Uh, where are we? STT Telford, where have we gone? Oh man. Okay, right, sorry. Um, so this is Telford and Reeking. So at the time, there were 124,338 registered voters. Okay, so there was a 72% turnout with 101 rejected, which is high. So 72 is quite high. It's not the highest. Here we've got 80%, we've got 81%, 81%, 80%. And now you can be saying, um, well, lots of people voted because lots of people wanted to turn out. So let's just look at Woking and Derby and to see the number who, Ooh, oh, bugger. That, that was silly. <laughs> Whoops. Okay, right, control enough. Uh, Derby. 70. Woking. Oh, Derby Woking, Derby Woking. Woking. 
So 80% of people turned out in Wokingham. So, but see, look here, we've got 60% here, 80s, 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 high 70s, 80s. Like these are really, really high numbers. Now, I do know that there were queues for the referendum. I do know that there were queues for the referendum. But the queues round by me weren't any bigger than the general election. They weren't any bigger than the general election. Okay, because why would there be? People voted for the general election in the, in the 2015 general election so that they could have a referendum. The people who turned out for that election are also going to turn out to vote in the referendum. Okay, so there should be similarities between those two. Um, there should be similarities between what's going on, okay? So here, oh, oh no, is the election turnout. Oh. Is that working? What's just happened? Oh, why is this happening? You missed that, guys. Something's just gone really, really crazy on here. Okay, it's going. Um, okay, so this is the turnout. So I've just shown you there was 80s, 80s. Um, in 2017, the UK turnout was 66.8. Um, but the 2015 election was less than that. So it's less. Here, it's 2015, it was 66.8%. When the country was completely disgusted with the, um, the mess of the... Uh, so 2008, the economic crash, um, it was still less than 66.8%. This is a huge jump. The other thing, just so you know, so since oh, uh, turnout rose between 2008 and 2010, and it was still below its 1997 level. So 1997 is um, pff, it's just when they started really pushing postal votes. It all started happening, okay? But when you see those numbers, that's, that's a huge increase in numbers of people who turned out for the EU referendum. Yes, you can expect a little bit of um, a jump, but it's, it's, it's dodgy, it's dodgy. Now, there was also calls for the fact that Brexit postal votes were missing and rejected. So if there were 1.1 million postal ballots missing or rejected, um, and I also, and they say that they weren't, they weren't, they weren't, okay? Um, the difference between what happens at a, a count on a night and what happens in a postal vote um, count is staggering. 
So on the night, um, you and this is I have a postal vote, uh, but I put mine in the box. I don't post mine in, and the reason why is on the night they open them up and they check them. They check them against they check the signature against the signature on file. So it doesn't have to be a you don't have to give your uh, you know proof of ID signature. It's just checked against the signature on file, um, and then they put it in whatever uh, pile they want. The postal vote, pre-postal votes, they try to do them in advance, is they don't do that. Nobody can say you've put that in the wrong pile. They just, they, they don't do that. Postal votes are done, they're not, not under the same scrutiny at all. So what if... Postal votes from real people disappeared, the 1.1 million, um, and then pretend postal votes showed up. What if there was already an army of faked postal votes ready to go? But hold on to the fact that Brexit still happened, well, supposedly happened, or will supposedly happen, because more people than expected turned out. So they got their prediction wrong. It was so close. So, so close. Um, so vote to remain was 16 million. Vote to leave was 17 and a bit million. One million in it. There was like a percentage, it was tiny percent in it. Um, leave was 51%, remain was 48%. That was so close. So they never ever never ever thought it would happen and you only ever don't think it's going to happen if you've got a plan up your sleeve to make sure it doesn't happen um so the other thing is this is the declaration and this is again so there's no way we can go back and check but this is a declaration so it's from telford um so you can see the declaration but you can't see how many were postal you can't see how many were on the night you just see the ones that were done and counted um however we don't know how many so we don't know how many so knowing how many were postal would enable us to track this to say right okay well how have you got this many postal votes when there weren't that many or you know if all of these were postal and everybody said that doesn't happen I also know um, that in Telford and Reeking there have been um, boxes missing so you go to a polling station, they have a black boxes that are sealed. Um, they take the boxes, which have each got the tag numbers on, they take the boxes to um, what used to be TCAT, and then they're all opened. But boxes have been, like, boxes boxes have gone missing from the cat. So they, they moved to a place where they're counted. They moved to a place where they're counted. Um, and again, it's the, the, the count... Uh, where you go and put your box you go and put your ballot paper um that's run by council officials so they want to keep their jobs right um so if you want to get the eu referendum result data there's the link there for you as well but it was so close so close um so the other reason why i believe is it was rigged is because bojo is has refused 
consistently refuses to investigate Russia meddling. Now we know, we know that um, Russia hoax was a was a fake. There was no Russia hoax. Like that didn't happen. We know that that didn't happen with the um, uh, U.S. election. So if we know Russia never interfered with Brexit, if we know because you know Russia hoax was just the Russia hoax. So why what if you were responsible and you really were the champion for the people and you really wanted to get Brexit out, why wouldn't you do an investigation? Because that would probably prove that it's rigged to remain. That's why they've always hushed up. I mean, the 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 general public who believe that they've been screwed over by Remain uh, will get a shock <laughs> if they ever did a probe and should do a probe. Um, but I personally believe they rigged it for Remain, and they the same thing that happened in twenty sixteen over with um, in the US is they miscalculated the numbers because there was a seventy two percent turnout compared to sixty six percent in the previous highest in the previous elections. So you would only guess, you know, well, if it's going to be a high turnout, usually on average, that would be 68%. Because if they did it for too much, it, it would be obvious. It has to be really close. But they would have had it the other way. That's what they would have planned on it having, like 49% leave and 51% uh, remain. That's what they were banking on. They banked on the numbers being so close, but the other way round, we the people would have to accept it. So we know that they've rigged and they've tried and they've tried and they've tried. They acted treasonously to get us in. Then they continued to act treasonously to um, try and keep us in. What else are they doing behind the scenes? Well, on the 13th of December, so everybody thinks that we leave on the, we leave on, you know, New Year's Eve, supposedly. However, we can't, the last time that we can really kind of contest what's going on is the is uh, the 13th, because that's when Parliament shuts down. So we've got 36 days to force somebody to kind of take us seriously about what's going on. The COVID lockdowns is a, genu I genuinely believe, is a cover to get Brexit pushed through, to get Brexit pushed through. If we can't coordinate um, and we can't talk about things and we can't, um, they shut the courts down. They throttled anybody's ability to protest um how can how can we legally stop this when we're being stopped at every single turn because they're telling us that there's a pandemic that we need to deal with you know there's a pandemic you can't go out and protest you can't do anything about this because you're all going to die and we're doing it for your safety um at which they take all your rights away from you um now the other thing and this is where it gets really scary is as part of Article 38 of the E of the Withdrawal Agreement. And, and Article 38 stripped the Crown 
of her sovereignty. It stripped the Queen of her sovereignty. So she was dethroned um, last year by Parliament when they created the withdrawal agreement. So for those of you who haven't seen my video which says the Queen's missing and why this matters, um, I mean they've done lots of dodgy stuff since then, um, but they stripped the Queen. So she was our last um, hope, if you like, to stop it happening. They took the power from her and gave themselves ultimate rules. So then they, that's the only way they got away with the Coronavirus Act is because they already had complete control. If we do not stop it by the 30, well, 13th of December, what's written into the withdrawal agreement gives the EU the complete rights over the UK population. The withdrawal agreement does not give the does not give the British people any rights at all whatsoever. Everything that's happening is 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 just a farce. It's it's a lie. It's 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 not true. Like we we're not actually creating treaties. This they they are gonna get done. We need we need to speak up because right now. We are on the brink of being given to the EU. That's, that's what's happening. And that is the seat of power for the dodgy, dodgy, dodgy cabal. Dodgy, dodgy, dodgy cabal. They've dethroned the Queen. The Queen's gone, which means all the power is in Brussels. That's well. That's the power base now, um, but we will have no way to legally challenge anything um, because the EU courts will not overturn the ruling because they want us in. Um, that's the problem we're in right now. Now, I'm not saying let's all go out and vote and uh, um, protest right now simply because there's lots of bad stuff happening. Um, which planned, organised, bad stuff, um, but we are being railroaded into losing everything. Um, and I don't know whether you've seen the video about what that means. It means not owning, the, the, as of the 1st of January 2021, if all this happens, is every single homeowner loses the right to own their home. It's gone. That's part of it. Uh, it's part of what the World Economic Forum wants to bring in. And we will have no rights, no choice, no, no nothing. We will just be swept up along with losing everything. This is bigger than just protecting our borders. This is bigger than just being able to um, fish in our own waters. This is genuinely our, our fight for freedom um, and sovereignty. We, we are not a free and sovereign people at, right now. We were sold. We, the British people, were sold to the EU. That's what happened. And it will continue to happen. It's about to get a hell of a lot worse. Um, so what can you do? Well, I would say write to your MP and complain, but, you know, they, they, they're all... They're already uh, the ones who are voting to keep the Coronavirus Act, I would argue, are the ones who I've um, got some kind of bribery over them. So they're not going to they're not going to listen. Um, but hopefully, uh, as soon as Trump is is named, we will be able to 
um, get some real help. But I just wanted to make you guys aware that I think we will be able to prove, I think we will be able to prove that they are being rigging our elections. And I think the Brexit vote um, is the one that will enable us to prove that it was rigged. Now, we don't have those ballots anymore. We don't have those ballots. But um, we could just ask the British people, there will be a way to ask the British people to tell, tell that, you know, do a vote on what you voted on. You know, what did you vote on? What was your actual vote? And I think we'd get a shock. There would be a shock and it would be proof if everybody who voted in Brexit voted again, not for what they want now, but just voted to say, this is this is what I voted for. This is how I voted. Um, we would be able to prove that they are rigging our elections um, because the numbers won't add up. The numbers won't add up. And I bet you if you did all the other elections, they won't add up either. Um, but the reason why we need to do Brexit is because uh, we need to get it stopped. We need to get the withdrawal agreement stopped. We need to not get sold um, to the EU. Um, so if anybody knows any lawyers or uh, knows how we can start to make that happen, um, you know, that we need to kind of have some conversations um, but hopefully you guys will see that, you know, that, that for decades, decades, that was 70s, been lied to, lied to. And obviously the only re the real reason why they did a referendum when they did do a referendum is because all of the, the young people um, who voted to remain. So that's the cover, is you indoctrinate people into the beauties of, of the EU and then you allow the people a choice, but then you safeguard it. Like anybody, like, it is so dodgy, so dodgy. And I want you to think about the number of people you know who, who voted and what they said they voted. Like I was the only one in my family who voted remain. And I've got quite a big family. I mean, like, like I'm talking like, cousins second cousins all voted brexit all voted brexit so i know that those numbers aren't right those num and that's why the, there was investigations and people saying well there were lots of ballots that were missing is because because it doesn't make sense and when you look so here's the other thing is when you look at um conservative um uh, election results election Results 2015. Sorry, I meant to put this in and I forgot until just then. Uh, UK. So the total number of people who turned out for the 2015 election uh, was 66.2%. Okay, so still a hell of a lot less than 72%. And 36.9 voted for Conservatives, 30% voted Labour. So if every single individual who turned out, and then 12% voted UKIP. So that's 36, uh, let me do some maths. So you guys know maths isn't my strong point. So here we go. Can you see that? Let's get the calculator up. 
So, so 36, oops, 36.9, add 12.6, 12.6 equals 49.5, okay? So almost 50% of the population voted for Conservative and I uh, and voted to leave. That's what they wanted. They wanted to, they wanted an opportunity to leave. That's what they were voting for. It just doesn't add up. The numbers don't add up. Every single one of those would have turned out to vote. Like if you're not, mo like people who voted in 2015 voted to leave and yet a hell of a more people turned out for the actual referendum. Like it's the, the num that when you look at the num the real numbers just don't make sense. They don't add up. You wouldn't expect to see that huge, because percentage, it's a percentage of people turn out. And I also know there were lots of people who, who never got, they never got their, uh, it's just, it's dodgy, it's dodgy. But I think Brexit will be the one that will be able to prove that they're rigging our elections. Um, and then maybe we can legally get rid of Parliament. One, because they're treasonous, they're already treasonous. Um, putting us in two they've all they've just de they, they've dethroned the queen that all the current ones dethroned the queen and have taken our sovereignty so the ones that we have right now are being treasonous they're also enacting um crimes against humanity and genocide um it's today is 5th of november and there will be a way that we can bring down the house without setting it on fire i hope um who knows so thank you, thank you, thank you for watching this. Um, please do share it, um, share it with people because I've been banned from YouTube. Um, my reach has been throttled. Make sure you, you like it um, and comment. So that, that whatever I said the other day, they don't want it to get it out, but we need to get this out that in, in two months, the British people don't exist. That's where we're headed. Thanks very much. And on that note, have a great day. No, I believe we'll be able to do something about it, but I believe this will be our proof. I think this is really important because it will be our proof that we are being manipulated and lied to. And um, we just need a proof. We need proof. So thank you, thank you, thank you for watching. Um, have an amazing rest of your day. Um, sending love to all of the American patriots. Um, and... You know, I know that you guys will get everything sorted over there um, and we will be needing your help so, so soon. Um, thank you for everything, guys. I'm sending you lots of love um, and I'll see you soon.